Hello and welcome to another episode of Little Less Conversation. As always, I'm joined by Amar. Hey Ricky, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. A bit peed off that we're in tier four now and we can't go ahead with our live recording, but um, we'll work around it and, you know, come back stronger. Yeah, we had that all planned out, didn't we? Uh, live recording, us of us, Chelsea, just seemed to be uh, too good to be true. Yeah, it's a shame. Would have been a good boxing day, but hey, we're still going to win. On today's episode, we also welcome West Ham fan Nick onto the pod. And no prize for guessing what we'll be discussing, Chelsea versus West Ham. We'll also be discussing Everton versus Arsenal and rounding up a few highlights of the weekend's other games. So now we uh, we welcome Nick onto the pod. Nick, how you doing? Not bad yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for coming on to the pod. No worries. Nice to talk to you again. I'm surprised you agreed to come on after your heavy loss against Chelsea. No, I, I can take the banter. I feel like you got to support your team when they win and when they lose and when they draw. So it's fine. Yeah, I'm on. You could, you could take a leaf out of Nick's book. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I support the team in whether we lose or win. But listen, like I said to you earlier, I won't be here if we do get relegated. So Wait, did you just say you support the team win or lose? Even though I'm pretty sure you said to me this week, I'm not supporting the team. I'm not supporting the manager. I'm supporting the club. Listen, I'm I'm getting desperate here. I'm clutching at straws. Come on, leave me alone. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. I'll leave you alone for now. <laughs> I guess we should uh, we should just get straight into it because it's um, well a hot topic. Well, given that happened yesterday, but uh, yeah, Chelsea Chelsea West Ham. What do you guys make of uh, of the result? I mean, I, I wasn't surprised at the end. Uh, the result. I mean, the scoreline did flatter Chelsea. I think. Um, the game was was quite dead, to be honest. Um, we couldn't finish. I think if we had a decent striker, it'd have been a lot closer. But I mean, no one no one from Chelsea really impressed me, given you know how much money they spent. I think like Werner is is quite poor, and I'm surprised that there's there's not more talk about how he's not that great of a signing. But I guess he's been overshadowed by some of the other signings that that you guys had this summer. I think you're right. The performance wasn't great. There were times where we were just lackluster. And you guys dominated for about 15 minutes in that second half. We just couldn't get out of our own half. The two late goals did make it a flattering scoreline. But I did feel it was a bit inevitable getting the win in the end. Um, with Werner, I think he, I don't think it's fair to call him like a bad signing. I think he's, he's a good signing. He's obviously taken a bit of time to settle in. Uh, he's had quite a few goal contributions already this season. People overlook that. And, you know, he's, he's hit the bar the most times out of any any player in the Premier League. So he hasn't got the luck on his side at the moment. He needs that little bit of luck. And I think once the goals start to go in, you'll see a totally different player, a bit of confidence. And once he starts playing in the middle, get him off the left wing because, frankly, it's not working. Um, once that happens, we'll see a different Werner, I think. He um, he reminds me a bit of uh, Yaya Sanogo, actually. Uh, we kept saying that for years. You know what? Once he gets a few goals, uh, he'll be great. 
like three years later, we still haven't scored. So you just how can you compare Yaya Sonogo to Timo Werner? What? <laughs> That's not even a thing, man. Fucking hell. Now how many wind you up, mate? <laughs> I think like um, you guys lost obviously both your fullbacks with with James and Chilwell, and uh, playing without them, I think like Chelsea are just not as good a side without those guys because a lot of the attack comes from both of those guys. So yeah, I think you guys did right. well to to really create anything without kind of your two best attacking players on the pitch. Yeah, I think you're right in that sense, and uh, I mean you could see they were trying to go through Aspilicueta a lot on the right side, and he's just obviously his delivery is not as good as as James and. And even defensively, he's not as sound. And I think Creswell had a lot of success down that, that left left flank. And uh, we got away with it at times. I think you're right. If you had a better striker on the pitch, if it was maybe Antonio playing rather than Haller, could have been a different story. And, you know, De- Declan Rice scored a goal early on that was ruled out for offside. Had he been on, it might have been a different game. But yeah, I think I think we, we just about got the job done, really. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because obviously um, Abraham... And Giroud and, and Werner, it's quite interesting to see like what Chelsea's kind of long-term attacking plans are, especially with Ziyech and, and Pulisic and Havertz. I mean, there's so many attacking players that you guys have. It's interesting to see how Frank fits them all in to uh, you know three or four positions. Yeah, if anything, he's got too many options and that means he has to play some of them out of position. And I think Ziyech, Ziyech being injured is a big miss. Him and James had a really good partnership going on. And they made things happen. And now that he's out of the team, injured, it's not quite happening. Is he, is he injured again, Ziyech? Yeah, he's got an injury. Um, I think he was back in training this week, but hopefully he'll be play, play some sort of part against you lot on, on Saturday, on Boxing Day, because we do miss him quite quite a lot, I think. But yeah, yeah. Let's hope not. Let's hope he doesn't play against us, because uh, I guess when you're saying you've got overloaded and attacking midfielders, we don't have that. So it's the opposite for us, but... Yeah, we don't want any of them to be uh, starting against us. I think it could be quite ugly, you know, Arsenal-Chelsea okay, on Boxing yeah. Day. Mm, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah. I, I think it could be quite a uh, an unforgiving scoreline. Uh, I mean, let's, it won't be any uh, 8-2s like United did to us, but I think it, it, might, be, it might be quite high. Uh, I mean, I, expect, I probably expect Chelsea to win. Um, and, and, you know, this is, you know, I'll probably, you know, always come back on the back of it and say, no, we'll, we'll beat Chelsea, we'll beat Chelsea, but I'm not confident. Not confident at all. I don't know. I think both teams are in a bit of a weird place at the moment, more so Arsenal, but I don't think we're playing at the top of our game. I think if we didn't have Thiago Silva in that defence, we'll be probably in relegation battle with Arsenal, to be honest with you. He's been a really good signer. I've been quite surprised. I thought he'd really struggle with the pace. Of the uh, of the Premier League, but he's done really really well, and he's made Zuma look like almost world class, which is quite surprising given how Zuma's been recently and how he flopped at Stoke and uh, at other clubs. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's he's brought that confidence into the defence, and obviously the communication. They're all a lot of them, I think, speak French, so the communication's a lot better. And uh, it's a shame, really, that he's in he's in his late thirties now. Uh, Silva, he's thirty six. I mean, somebody really should have brought him to the Prem a long time ago. Yeah, I think that would have that would have been a great signing for Arsenal. I think that would have really helped. Maybe him and even Rob Holding might have made Holding look half decent at the back. I don't know about that. I think no one's going to make Holding look good. I think I'm, I'm I'm laughing though because you lot signed Louise from us and we picked up Silver on the free. And, yeah, I was uh, going to say we we got the wrong Brazilian, but. Um... <laughs> 
I mean, they're different kind of players, really. You know, Thiago Silva's a now and out defender, and uh, you know he's a body on the line, typical John Terry kind of defender. Whereas David Luiz is a bit more, you know, modern, a bit more like you know trying to play, you know, beautiful passes or whatnot. He hasn't really done that, so I'm not really sure why we bought him. But you know, he's he's probably the best defender we have at the moment. Him and Gabriel. Well, Saliba's rotting the reserves, but other than that, the rest are all championship or or relegation level really and that's probably why it probably flatters us because that's where our position is at the moment so and no surprises that it's it's the defence probably that that's you know leaking goals for us yeah I mean speaking of leaking goals you lot were on the wrong end of a defeat again this this weekend yeah again going into it I wasn't confident but you know I'm never going to bet against Arsenal really too much but it's just it, you know it's almost like I could, you could see it in hindsight you could be like you know look Calvert-Lewin's going to run at your defence he's going to tear you apart I like Calvert-Lewin by the way I think he's quality but it's just poor poor showing I think, you know what? I think part of it is again we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago and, and we just mentioned it last week as well but half the squad you know don't want to be there I don't think or don't want to play for the manager half of them don't I think I feel a bit restricted by Arteta's just like you know, you constantly, if you ever, you know, have the stadium sound off, you can hear him just pass, pass. He's like instructing them exactly what to do. You know, I feel like they must be restricted. And on top of that, we have absolutely no creative spark through the middle. So everything's really, really predictable. It's just, you know, crosses in, crosses in, crosses in to, to nobody. I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have somebody like Suchek, you know, playing for Arsenal because we'd probably score a lot of goals if you're, you know, where we're crossing it. Definitely. I mean, to be honest, I've been very surprised at just how poor creatively Arsenal have been like given you know the, the legacy of Arsenal they've always been quite a pretty team to watch even though they'd end up losing but now they're just really ugly boring team to watch that they end up losing as well it's just <laughs> it's just quite sad to see really and I mean I want to talk to Willian's agent because he must be the greatest salesman on earth like with that contract is is outstanding salesmanship there's some dodgy, dodgy deals going on. And uh, <laughs> Ricky, uh, Ricky's always laughing about this because he mentioned it. on the first week of this pod, we, this is just before, I think just after he signed, just before the, the season started. And, um, you know, I thought, you know, we signed Willian, experienced Premier League player. You know, he'll bring something different to the team. And, he, you know, he's got David Luiz's best friend in the team. It's all going to work out. And we've definitely been, we've been shot in the foot. We've, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't have any words to say. He's been so poor. It's awful. It's so yeah, funny because um, some of my friends were like raving about him after the Fulham game. And I was like, <laughs> you guys played Fulham. Like the, at the time, Fulham were just so like weak at the back and he had like a field day. And since then, he's done absolutely nothing. I don't understand why he's anywhere near the team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had a couple of, of wins at Fulham and then we got lucky and we beat you. And ever since then, it's just all fallen off. And I, think, I, I saw a stat yesterday and he hasn't had a shot on goal in the Premier League at all this season. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do anything. And and I think it was for the um, the own goal on the weekend. He didn't close down um, Iwobi. And I mean, maybe maybe he was told by a couple of the Arsenal players that Iwobi can't cross. But maybe Iwobi's, Angelotti's told Iwobi to cross now. And now he can cross. It's actually quite sad. Like, Walcott scoring against you guys, Iwobi putting in a, a really wicked cross. Like... Listen, if you're uh, if you're a betting man, put money on Giroud to score against us. Put money on Welbeck to score for Brighton when we play them the week after. We we're getting hounded by our ex players, and then all of them are loving it. They're celebrating as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, what did you think of of Walcott celebrating? Like that seemed a bit uh, out of line. 
I don't know. Do you know what I think? Um, you know, he was a good servant for the club, but he never lived up to the expectations of of um, of, of the fans and of, of what Wenger had for him. But and do you know what? If I'm from a player, and we we talk about goal celebrations. You know, Adebayor came and done the, the worst celebration I've ever seen in my entire life. But you know, I, I get it. I get why you're celebrating. If you weren't, if you probably feel a bit like, oh, I've been pushed out of the club, and, and probably most of the players, like you know, will be leaving. Probably, you know, he's an Arsenal boy through and through, so you know, probably don't want to leave the club. But you know, we'll take forty mil for him. You know what? <laughs> I'd really, as a random one, I'd really love to see Urzel go to Tottenham. I think I think that would be hilarious. I think it'd be amazing for them as well, and it would have so much hate for Arsenal given how they treated him over the last year and a half. That would be the final straw. But yeah, I, I don't I don't really understand the Ozil thing. Um, all the fans want want to see him in the team, so it's it's weird. It's um, I think there's some there's something to do with contract payments and bonus related stuff. I'm not sure what it is. But there was a point where you guys didn't want him in the team, maybe towards the start of the season. Like speaking to a few of you Arsenal fans, you were saying, oh, yeah, get rid of him, it's fine. Um, it's think, only in the last few weeks you've been saying, oh, we need him back. And that's purely because you have no creativity in your midfield at all. Yeah, because I, I think that the reason why we wanted him out is, you know, given the wages he's on, you know, one, if you got rid of those wages, you know, you could probably get in a good player on, on some, you know, on, on almost a third of his wages, maybe less. And, you know, it's... it's and also Urzo at the time... I mean, yeah, he again he's coming to the end of his career, so he's not he's not in the best form and he's not he's not contributing the way that, that you'd expect him to. You know, even in the like you know, FA Cup final against Chelsea, he didn't play, he didn't start. It's not yeah, like he, enough, uh, we needed him. But you know, yeah, I mean he's the only solution that we have at the moment without going out and spending, you know, money, silly money here and there. Uh, we're paying him regardless of, of whether he plays or not. Just put him back in the squad, put him back in the team, and you know, you you'll probably end up climbing the table because he, he is especially against stubborn defences, he will unlock them. And even if he's not starting, if he's coming on for the last 20 minutes and you need a goal, I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'd, he'd definitely be in a, you know, assisting a couple of goals here and there. Yeah, I mean, he's perfect when you're playing against like a Burnley or a team sitting back. You can't have him when you're playing against a Man City or, or even a Man United, yeah. a team that's going to dominate the ball because he is a passenger on a defensive end and it's quite yeah. sad to watch him really when he's trying to defend. Yeah, I think people also forget, you know, Erzo in his peak was he was quality, um, and people just relate to the last few years of his career. But also, he's coming to the end of it now. So, yeah, maybe it's time to go, <laughs> as Claude would say. It's time to go. I think you, to be honest, like I was looking at the table, and there's not that many Arsenal players that would get into many other teams other than maybe Sheffield United, Fulham, West Brom, and Brighton. <laughs> Like, there's not that many players. Like, if you guys did get relegated, like, who would, who's getting bought from that that team? Like, I don't think there's many players that many other teams would want. No, you're right. And um, I think part of it is, you know, we need to clear out. This team is a bang average team. Probably one of the worst I've ever seen um, as an Arsenal fan. And, um, I mean, there's so many passengers in there. You know, players like Xhaka, is not, they're not good enough. Do some of their, get out of our squad. There's a lot of players like that. Yeah, I mean... I'm I'm hoping like Martinelli comes back and does well because he's a breath of fresh air. I think he's actually a decent player, but there's so many other players in there that that's a shame. I mean Saka as well. Like it's a shame that he's in this kind of Arsenal team. He like he deserves more. He like tries actually genuinely tries. You look, compare him to some of the other players in the team, and it's just really sad to see. Really, Saka Saka would go into any other top six team, I think, and he would he would put out good numbers. I reckon. Yeah, and I do feel sorry for for Partey. I don't know why he decided to leave a Champions League club that's, that's challenging for La Liga and challenging for the Champions League every year. 
and it goes to Arsenal that they're where they are. It's, it's actually really sad to see that as well. I think the real but sad thing was uh, that we wasted a whole episode on Thomas Party, and he's been injured for most of the season. So, yeah. It'll take a lot of money to, to fix that Arsenal team. I think you need like maybe three, four hundred million to sort that team out to get back to Champions League team. Yeah, we just need Roman Abramovich to come over. I was going to say, do you want a loan? <laughs> yeah, we, we want some of your Chelsea players, please. Listen, if there's one Chelsea player I'd take, it's uh, Mason Mount. I think he's quality. I'd, I'd have him in Arsenal shirt. He's done well this season, Mount. And I think he's he's improving every every week, week in, week out. He's getting better. And uh, he's, he's taking a lot of stick, though, as well, from fans and rival fans as well. England, England fans don't seem to like him that much. But yeah, I think he's, he's done well. He's um he's gonna get his best mate Rice over as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I hope so. I think that'd be a good signing for us. We get Rice off of West Ham. Um, I think he'd come on leap and bounds, and him and Mount in midfield would, would make a good partnership. I think they're best friends, aren't they? Yeah. So, you, so you're getting rid of Kante then? I've got a sneaky feeling he's gonna go. I wouldn't get rid of him personally. I'd keep him, but if he's going, why not get in Rice? English player, young, knows the club as well. That'd so be be really good to get him in. I think. Yeah, I mean, Kante wasn't that good yesterday. He made a few mistakes. Like, doesn't seem to be uh, as he was a couple of years ago. I think he, he's had a decent season so far. He did make a couple of mistakes, a couple of slips, that sort of thing. Uh, there was some Martinelli vibes, Amar. I don't know if you saw it. Um, but thankfully, it was it was Haller running through and not Mikel Antonio. But but yeah, I think I think he still makes a massive difference. He does little things that people sort of don't notice, and you know the interceptions, the little, the, the dirty work, pretty much. He doesn't get a lot of credit for it. Um, it's very easy to go under the radar. So I, I would I would hold on to Kante for another couple of seasons until we get an established replacement. Anyway, I mean I'm quite worried about Havertz because I was a big fan of his when he was in uh, in Germany. He was playing really well, and he just looks a bit. I don't know, a bit scared in the Premier League. And it's 70 million is a, it's a lot of money on a player like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think with Havertz and Werner, you can see that they're, they're not used to the physicality of the, of the Premier League. Um, a little bit soft, like when, when somebody tackles them, they're, they're not 100% committed, uh, which is what you need to be in the Premier League. You, you see the tough tacklers all the time. But I think it'll take time to adjust. He needs to grow into the role. I mean, he had COVID. He was straight into, into football at Chelsea, no pre-season. So it wasn't a great start to, to Premier League life, but um, I think you've got to give him some time, really. Both of them, both the Germans, uh, give him some time to sort of integrate into it and, uh, yeah, get on to, get some sort of form going. Yeah, I mean, the Chelsea's transfer policy has been interesting. I think you guys have wasted quite a lot of money over the last three or four years with, with Kepa and a couple of the other signings you've made. Yeah, I think Kepa, Kepa well, everyone knows about Kepa now. I think he's finished. He'll be, he'll be going in the summer. And I think we obviously we had a transfer ban as well. So there was a big period where we didn't spend any money. So we can afford to come out and just sort of buy some big players, which is what we've done now. Now it's just making it work and, and making sure that Lampard actually makes use of all the players he's got and does things the right way. Keeps the fans happy, keeps the board happy. But yeah, I think that's, that's the difference with us and Arsenal is if it doesn't go right, the board won't hesitate to sack him and bring in somebody new. Um, it doesn't go right. Ask, you, you, your board won't hesitate to pump a load of money in either. Well, no, they've already done that. So, I mean, they wouldn't hesitate just to bring in a, a new manager, uh, which I think you lot need. 
And maybe a new uh, get get replaced Edu as well because I don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, both of them, both Edu and Arteta need to go. Both of them just out of their depth. I think. Who who are you getting in though? Like I heard some talk of you know getting in like some superstar managers from you know like, Italy. Like, I, who's I was... who's gonna go to Arsenal? That's a poison chalice that job. Do you know what? It's, it's, a, it's somebody who doesn't mind a project. Yeah. So there's a couple out there, and I'd love Pochettino, but I don't think it will happen ever. Um, I think he's prized for a big job like PSG or Madrid. Uh, Allegri, I'm not so sure. Um, I know, you know, there was, there was rumours before Arteta joined that he was on the shortlist. Um, one I'd like to see is either the Southampton manager, um, Hassan, Hassan Huttle, Ralph Hassan Huttle, whatever his name is. I can't pronounce his name, but him or, you know, uh, Nagelsmann in, in the Bundesliga. One of them two, I reckon, would, would do wonders with this. It's a bit like, you know, the way that Klopp plays football, you know, Pressing from the front, high energy. You know, he wouldn't have none of it. This, you know, sitting back and just. And they also play really good football. So. So you wouldn't take someone to get you out of the um, the relegation battle like a Tony Pulis or someone. Listen, uh... <laughs> we we were speaking about this earlier. Actually, we were, we were saying Sam Allardyce has already gone to to West Brom, so we'll rule him off the list. But I think yeah, Pulis would be a good shout. Emma, what do you think? No, nah, we don't want none of that Stoke football here. They're, they're, they're in the championship for a reason and we're not going, you know, you've got to also forget that, you know, there's only three to, there's only seven points separating us and West Ham and West Ham are what, 10th and we're 16th. So there's only a few points in it, a couple of wins on the bounce and you're, you've gone from 16th to mid table. So, I, I mean, it's just, it's just getting the right manager in and, and I do think Arteta should go um, in all honesty now. Yeah, I mean, but like you guys have scored 12 goals this season in 14 games. Like that, that's like Burnley football. That's like Sheffield United football. That's not Arsenal football. <laughs> Amor, you mentioned uh, West Ham's position in the league. Uh, Nick, what, what, what have you made of West Ham's season so far? Are you, are you happy with the way things are going? I mean, we had a really tough start. We played, you know, a lot of really, really big teams and I was expecting us to be, you know, down there with Arsenal. But but we got, you know, a few results. We played really, really well against some some big teams. And um, I think we're in a good position. I think once we get back uh, our proper striker in Antonio, I think we might even, you know, challenge for maybe top six, top eight. So that'd be, a, that'd be good to see. So Nick, while we've got you on the um, on the pod, uh, it's always good to ask a West Ham fan what they think of the um, the move over from the stadium, from the bowling ground to the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, I mean, um, I think if you talk to any West Ham fans, I think we all agree um, that you know it was a uh, wasn't you know the greatest move in terms of you know the history of the club and the atmosphere. I mean, Upton Park was a very special place. Um, in the hearts of a lot of West Ham fans. And obviously we went to the Olympic Stadium, which was an interesting move, not one that I agreed with at the time. Um, but it was sold to us that this would help us become you know, an even bigger club, attract some some big name players. I mean, it did help us attract a few big name players, but I think overall it was you know, more far more of a negative mood than a positive mood for the for the club. It's probably more so um, more so atmosphere, really, because I think I've been I've watched the game at the um, the, the Olympic ground. Um, I think it was a Man City West Ham Cup game. Um, fair enough, it's a cup game, but I think I watched it with Ricks actually. We went together. Uh, a couple of us, uh, but the atmosphere was awful, and it's not something you expect from West Ham fans. Yeah, no, I mean, 
obviously as an Arsenal fan you know uh, what it's like to have an awful home atmosphere um, coming from coming from the library that is the Emirates um, I mean when I was at uni uh, the library was pretty full where I was so uh, I was always looking for some other places to study and um, the Emirates was was a consideration especially during exam season um, but yeah I mean I think the issue is more that there's a lot of non-West Ham fans that go to the games and um, you know because it's Premier League football I mean it's great to see West Ham versus Man United or West Ham versus Man City or West Ham versus Spurs or whatever um, especially as well West Ham versus Liverpool there's a lot of uh, Liverpool fans in London don't know why um, so I think a lot of non-West Ham fans do go like yourself um, and they obviously they don't really care so it does become a bit of a soulless atmosphere which is obviously a shame. No, yeah. I've been a few times. I've probably been about three or four times. Um, and I've sat high up and it's just it's too far away. You're not engaged. I've also sat behind the goals where it's a bit more, there's a bit more atmosphere. You're sitting with the diehard fans, West Ham fans. And there is there is atmosphere there. Um, but again, why am I a Chelsea fan sitting in that stand as well? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not going down there and shouting, oh, yeah, I'm a Chelsea fan. But it's, it's quite easy to get tickets and, you know, get down to watch a game. Like you said, it's Premier League football. Who doesn't want to watch it? It is a bit of a shame when you see, you know, videos of games at White... Uh, sorry, not White Hart Lane. Uh, Upton Park. Um, and... <laughs> You know the atmosphere is totally different, um, but it's but yeah. the same. It's the same when we went over from Highbury because Highbury had a cracking atmosphere, um, and you know you move over to you know a beautiful stadium like the Emirates, and uh, you know it's what you expect because you get a corporate crowd, you get you know half the time it's not Arsenal fans. I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been at, I've been at the Emirates and it's been actually buzzing. You know, clock end's been going off. You're lucky that at the bridge you've got an old stadium. It's not a you know it's not a modern one, um, so to say yeah, but. You know, whenever you move to a bigger stadium, it's it, it kind of just comes with with the part of moving, really. Yeah, I mean, I was at the um, I was at Atletico versus Barcelona this time last year, um, and Barcelona scored like in the 90th minute. It was like a messy winner, and um, there was someone in the home end, in the Atletico end, a Barcelona fan started celebrating, and she got like aggressively escorted out. Like she got like walked out like it was aggressive. Um, many times I've been at West Ham and, and uh, are clearly a fan of the away team has been in the West Ham end and they've actively celebrated a goal and no one really does anything. I'm not, oh, obviously really? I'm, not ad- I'm not advocating, you know, violence or aggression. But I don't think a fan should be comfortable <laughs> celebrating yeah. in the in the home team's end. Like it's God true. forbid a Chelsea fan celebrate in um in the West Ham end. That would be that'd be awful. To be fair, when I've been there, I've been with my brother and we've gone to see my brother's a Man United fan and he was on earlier in the, in the pod and we went there to watch United West Ham. So I, w- I was happily supporting West Ham because I didn't want to see United win. And But he was very quiet because uh, both times we've been to watch that game, you've beaten them. So mm-hmm. you better hope that he goes there next year when they allow fans back in because he's, he's your good luck charm, man. Honestly, <laughs> every time he watch, goes there, they lose. So. Yeah. He's got a secret West Ham shirt, doesn't he? So he, he puts his United one, puts his West Ham one over. He lives in Essex, which isn't a million miles away from East London. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if he is a closet West Ham fan. Shout out to Sham, it's his birthday today, by the way. Oh, sorry, I'm just, I've just seen a tweet about the team that's come out. Fucking hell, it's awful, man. Oh. You're going to watch the game? Yeah, probably. Probably going to watch it and just sit there and just turn it off halfway through. I mean, the only good thing is Martinelli starts, but other than that, it's an awful team. Oh, no. Mustafi, Renarsson, Kolasinac. Oh, God, good luck. I mean, Cedric Suarez. Fuck me, man. I mean, he's better than Bellerin, so... 
Mate, anyone's better than Bellerin. Bellerin can't do anything. He's a pansy. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he was such a pace merchant that when he got injured, I think he's lost like his biggest asset, which is quite sad to see. He's I mean, so I mean, to be honest, like when Jack Grealish absolutely bullied him for the, the Aston Villa goal, I think after oh, that, yeah. you should have just left. Like, you, there's no coming back from that. Like, Jack Grealish, not even a big lad. Like, to get bullied like that, it's quite embarrassing. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, there's a, I saw a rumour a couple of days ago that Barca are in for him in the summer. I, I pray, just take, I'll take 15, 20 mil, just take him and go. Uh, build our team around Maitland now as I prefer him. Yeah, I mean, Barcelona, that's another club in disarray as well. So, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. He's we'll just swapping one terrible team for another. Uh, that being said, that being said, you know, you know, look at somebody like Liverpool. Liverpool uh, and I kind of know how it feels like to be a Liverpool fan like 10 years ago because this, this is what it must feel like, just rock bottom. It's horrible. Yeah, but I still yeah, but then I feel like they had they had Gerard, they had, you know, Torres, they had some they had some good times, right? Whereas you guys have just been awful for a number of years. We have been like, yeah, that, that being said, we won a few trophies along the way and it's not bad, you know, winning the winning a couple of trophies, even while you're down in the dumps. Um, I mean, it probably papers over the cracks a bit, but, you know, it, it's, it's not ideal, but at least you're still winning things. You know, I'd rather be, I, I mean, I know it's, it sounds a bit weird, but, you know, we haven't been playing the best football. We're, we're going sort of downhill as, as a club, but, you know, last, what, 15, we won the FA Cup, 17, we won it, won it this year against FA, uh, against Chelsea. You know, I'd rather be that than be somebody like Tottenham who, who don't who don't look like we're going to win anything. But other than the Premier League that they're, they're putting pressure on again, in, in quotations. Yeah, I mean, I think after you guys, you know, you remember when you guys were celebrating every year finishing above them? Yeah. And that was like, yeah. that, that was a big trophy for Arsenal. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is quite funny that, you know, that, that would be, that would seem be really random if Arsenal finished above Spurs this year. I mean, they, they've sort of leapfrogged you a bit in terms of being, being the bigger club, I would say, in, in, not in terms of history, but in terms of the here and now. Yeah, but um, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, look, I mean, can you tell me anything over the last, you know, you know, five years ago? Last ten years, what they they've won nothing. They, I mean, yeah, okay, look, they've built a philosophy. They're building uh, a team. They, you know, they've been building a team for years. Pochettino had his team, took him to the final. Doesn't mean shit if you don't win it, really. Yeah, you'd know all about that, wouldn't you? I, I do know about Champions League heartbreaks, and uh, you know, even then, back then it was hurting. But but you know, again, it's it's you know, it's just another another thing to do. All right, yeah, we're building, we're building, we're building. Unless you're really going to go out and win something, even if it's an FA Cup, the, the Carlin Cup, uh, Carabao, whatever it's called, um, you know, you're building on something. But, you know, if you don't have trophies for, to show for it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but I think like with Arsenal, right, you guys have so much pride with how you, you play. And even under, you know, the dark days of, of Wenger and the dark days under Emery, at least you guys played attractive football and had, you know, shots on target and, you know, yeah. penetrating football. Now it's just like, it's literally like it's watching... Awful. Like watching like a Burnley side, but you know a Burnley side that doesn't defend properly. Like yeah. I, I don't understand what the philosophy is of Arsenal. Like you play three at the back, you play like very, quite negative football, all crosses in the box to people that not really renowned for heading. I don't understand why the philosophy is to cross so much. Like yeah, it, it, like Again, the stats have been crazy on the crosses. Yeah, it's, it's the part and part on, on manager. Manager not got the right tactics in, and manager not got the right squad of players in. But having said that, again, the manager's frozen now, the players that would make a difference. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't sympathise with Arteta at all, but I do feel he's out of his depth. And I, I do feel if you've got a different manager in, one or two changes in January transfer window, you know, our season just goes, takes a big turn, you know. 
I'd rather, you know, we get something new in, fresh start. We, we start building on, you know, and a good attacking philosophy of starting playing some good football. I was going to say, like, the struggle is you've got, you got two, like, allegedly superstar strikers in, in Lacazette and Aubameyang, and they just can't play together. Like, I I've, I've heard Lacazette a superstar. I think he's awful. I don't, I don't like Lacazette. Yeah, but like with the price tag and stuff, like yeah, I just yeah, feel yeah. like um, he he should be you know a, a main striker or like he wants to be a main striker. They just can't play together, and it's quite surprising given they're so close. They're like yeah. such, such tight mates off the pitch, but there's just no like chemistry when it comes to playing with each other. And then you add in Willian, who, as you said earlier, is, was just a massive waste of money. Just doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah. I think there's just a lot of bad bad decisions one after the other. You know, Pepe deal over getting Zaha done would have been, you know, things like that would have been a massive difference now because like Zaha goes and wins, you know, single-handedly wins games um, against any team. Um, you know, Pepe is just not cutting it out. And, you know, I think is I like Pepe. I think he's a good player. I just think he's in the wrong system. So it doesn't benefit him at all. But then it, it falls on Arteta's head, right? As in... Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why he's lost the fan base. He's, I mean, he's definitely lost them. With, with Arteta, with, well, with the way they're playing Arsenal, it's clear to see what's what's wrong and what's not working, and things need to be changed. Like us as as fans can see it, and he's just maybe he's just stubborn. I don't know. Maybe he's just being stubborn and stuck in his ways, and and wants to assert his authority on the club and on the team. Um, but it's just not working, and he's he's going to get the chop sooner or later, man. Definitely. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. Like Partey will make a big difference. Like Partey made El Nene look really good when them two are playing together, but like he's not enough to even maybe even make you guys challenge for the Europa League like this season? I think you have to put, he's a good player, he's a quality player, you just need to put him in the, with, you know, you have to put in good players around him, you can't put shit players or, you know, put bang average players with some like party, you know, and it's all about squad building at the end of the day and, and maybe, you know, maybe it happens in summer and we don't know about it, but, you know, we've just got to wait and see really what, what happens in the next six months. Yeah, but this six months is key for you lot because if you do really, really shit and, don't get even Europa League. Who's going to want to move to Arsenal? Like, what what players want to go and not play U- European football? And dare I say, if you get relegated, then you're really fucked. But I don't think you will. I mean, we joke about it. I don't think you will get relegated, but it's not going to be a very flattering league position, and it's gonna it's gonna scare players off as well. Yeah, you say that, but do you remember when Chelsea didn't? I think it was a couple of seasons ago. I think it was Conte's. Is it first season? And um, or second season maybe, and they you lot finished like tenth, eleventh, um, and then this next season, you know what? You still bought in players, and you went on to win the league, didn't you? Yeah, but that's that's Chelsea, yeah. That's a big club, big boy club. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I don't know. You classify big club uh, when you look at the, the trophies, uh, but anyway, U- European cups, boss, boss, boss. We're talking about we're talking about trophies, mate. We're talking about trophies, not just just one cup. Uh, well, we've won plenty of Premier Leagues, pr- plenty of FA Cups, Carling Cups. You name it, we've Let's won it. Let's do a, a versus head-to-head honours list. I'm sure we'll be you, on top. Have you won it all? Have you won it all? We haven't won it all, no. But all right. But the real question is, the real question is, is your trophy golden? Make a note of the date. May the 15th, 2004. History has been made. One of the greatest achievements since English football began. Arsenal have gone through an entire league campaign without losing. I mean, I think Arsenal could always, you know, get big boys in like Willian by just pay, paying loads of money. <laughs> you, can, you can have all our old boys. Forget big boys. You can have all our old boys. Who, who's coming to the end of their career at Chelsea? Because we're going to have them next season. So I just want to know now. 
<laughs> you can have Kepa, mate. His, his career's over already. We're gonna, we can have Kepa, we can have Aspilicueta. I'll take both of them. I mean, Aspilicueta would help you guys because at least he, he actually would. cares and shows some passion. <laughs> he would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking about uh, stealing players and taking players, I guess as a West Ham fan, Nick, it must feel quite hard done by when you have players like, you know, Lampard. You know what? What would I, what could have been if he stayed at West Ham? Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting with with, with someone like that. West Ham has this, had this great legacy of players coming through like him and like Rio Ferdinand. I think we have lost that a lot recently. But I mean to be honest, like as a West Ham fan, it's quite nice to see players do really really well that have come out of the uh, the academy. Like having that kind of legacy is is kind of what we pride ourselves on. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, the next one's Rice, and then he's he's gone again. But there was that era, there wasn't there that crop of players: the Lampards, Ferdinands, Defoe, Defoe. Yeah, those that, that sort of Joe era. Cole. Yeah, Joe Cole produced a really really good bunch of English players as well, and they've all gone on to do really really well in the in other clubs, obviously. But yeah, I, I said this to um to Ricky earlier. Do you reckon Nick, if you had kept them? West Ham would be a bigger club now and probably would have won a lot more than they have. Maybe. Like, you never know. Like, I, I don't like doing the whole the whole what-if thing. Like, it's, it's interesting. Like, players go to other clubs and you think they do really well. Like, I thought Sanchez would do so well at, at Man United and then he turns into... <laughs> one of the worst players I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. I remember he, he scored one of the best goals I've seen at the Olympic Stadium where he sat down the keeper and, like, chipped it over him. I mm. thought that he was, like, the best player in the Premier League at the time. Goes to Man United and he was just awful. So I do think some players are system players and I don't know, like, if Lampard had stayed, whether he'd have been on the level that he was at Chelsea given yeah. how Chelsea kind of really built around him. That's, that's what I was saying to Amar earlier and just the exposure to working with other world-class players and and. The managers that he's he's worked with as well um, has really shaped his career and, and accelerated him on. Um, not saying that that couldn't have happened at West Ham, but in terms of resources wise, you're not going to get much better than at Chelsea. It's, so, it's, it's funny you say that. It's just like like say Rice. Rice would not would not. He's played like over a hundred Premier League games at the age of 21. Mm. Like that would never happen at a club like Chelsea. Like so much talent, youth talent. Um, even at Arsenal as well. Like you look at someone like Serge Gnabry. Yeah. Like all this talent just gets wasted at, at other clubs. I think that's kind of the role of a team like West Ham. Like Declan Rice is starting in centre midfield for England. Like when the Euros come round, he'll be one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, um, the thing so is, I, if he hadn't left uh, Chelsea to go to West Ham, he probably wouldn't have developed into. You're right, he wouldn't have developed into the player he is. And the crazy thing is, we're probably going to end up spending about 60 million on, on him in the summer um, to get him back or whatever it is. So I don't know. It's crazy, but it is what it is at the end of the day. That's the problem with the Premier League. It's just the money involved. And, you know, as much as it's hard to say, young players are going to give you, you know, inconsistent results. So, you know, that's probably why they're putting the back burner. You know, I remember even play, you know, Nabry was at Arsenal at youth level. He looked amazing. He got promoted to the first team. He looked good, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't consistent enough. He went out on loan to West Brom. Fucking Tony Pulis said he's not good enough, came back and then again, couldn't make the cut. Then went out, you know, into German league, played well. I think it was Wolfsburg or Werder Bremen, one of them, and then got his big move over to Bayern Munich. But it's just all about, you know, young players develop over time once they get playing. And, you know, clubs like, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, I reckon it's really hard to offer a young, you know, 18, 19 year old a guaranteed first team spot. It's not possible. Yeah, I mean, you take a player like like Loftus-Cheek, right? He's almost 25 years old. Like he should be coming into the prime of his career and he's just like really stalled over the last few years and like didn't do well at Palace. Like is really struggling at Fulham. Like this yeah, is a player yeah. that everyone was raving about three or four years ago. I think he had a few injuries, um, which didn't help. I mean, he's he's not doing too badly at Fulham. He had, there's glimpses, but 
but yeah, it's a shame, really. He's, he was such a promising young player. He still is. He's still got time to, to, to do his thing. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think age catches up to everyone. Like, not everyone can be, you know, a young player forever like Jesse Lingard. Like, eventually people have to start <laughs> have to start doing it on the big stage. It, it does. Time does catch up with you. And uh, I think I, I'm starting to feel it myself. I'm feeling old myself nowadays. <laughs> Lingard, too old for Ling- podcasts. Lingard to Arsenal would be quite funny as well. That would be hilarious, given, like, what he was doing a few years ago at the no, Emirates. We, we can't have him dancing at the Emirates. No thanks. I could see that happening. Nah, nah, no chance. Listen, uh, before we wrap things up, Nick, um, it'd be good to get your opinion on on where you think uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham will finish and uh, maybe maybe a little who you think will win the league and who you think will get relegated. It's funny because you and I have a little wager on who's going to finish higher, West Ham or Arsenal. So um, <laughs> I think the cash out on that bet is, is pretty high. So if you want, you can uh, pay me early. Um, but I think um, guarantees is West Ham finishing above Arsenal this season. Um, I imagine we'll probably finish 8th or ninth. You guys will probably finish maybe 12th. And I see maybe Chelsea getting 4th. I can't see them challenging for the title with, with Liverpool. I feel like Liverpool really are head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, City have been awful this season. So I feel like it's Liverpool and then everybody else. And then us. And then, you know, Arsenal in that 4th <laughs> tier of, of teams. Alyssa, um, what is that bet? Is it £50? Or I can't remember now. It's, um, I believe it's £40. Oof, oh. uh, it's on WhatsApp, so um, we, uh, you know, it's there in evidence. We've got proof. <laughs> and what do you reckon on the uh, the other on the flip side of that? Who do you reckon will go down? I feel like you know it's quite easy this season. I feel like Sheffield United might be worse than Derby as a team. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that is that that is definitely an option. Um, West Brom, I, I don't think they have enough, so I think those two are easy. And then I think it's a battle between Brighton. Um, Fulham and Arsenal for that that third relegation (laughs) spot. Brilliant. That's exactly what I was waiting to hear. (laughs) So big thanks, Nick, uh, for coming on to the pod today. Um, I'm going to remember that that wager because uh, I I think you'll be paying me out, actually. I'm going to be confident and say that. I know uh, I'm not really saying it with confidence, but, you know, I guess I don't want to lose 40 pounds, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I've I've found it on WhatsApp and I'll be sending you a screenshot so you don't forget. And uh, just just for good measure, we'll we'll post it on our Twitter page as well, just so you don't forget again, come on. <laughs> Brutal savage. So let's move on to rounding up the rest of the weekend's games. Let's start with the the high scorers, and that was uh, Liverpool at Palace as a seven-nil drumming. I know, I can't believe it. Um, 7-0, I think I predicted earlier it might be a closer, you know, 2-1 to Liverpool, 3-1, you know, something like that. But 7-0, it's absolutely, I mean, I know Liverpool were really good and Palace just, just were awful, really. Yeah, it was, a, I mean, I wasn't surprised with Liverpool getting the win, but the scoreline was was crazy, 7-0. You wouldn't really expect that um, from an established Premier League team like Palace. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, Liverpool got a, a goal boost for their goal difference, I guess. But hey. I kind of want Liverpool to to win and actually win the league game because I can't handle Spurs doing it or you. So, you know, rooting for, for Liverpool to go again. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> must say, though, Sal- Salah's goal, the one that flew into the top corner, what a strike. It's typical Salah fashion, though, isn't it? Yeah, just keep it off his left foot. <laughs> That's what I'd be saying to my defenders anyway. But hey, Next up, we had, um, well, another oh, quiet one from Man City, really. Uh, it was a 1-0 win over Southampton. 
good win for them, but again, not much to talk about in that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm again a bit bit surprised by Man City, but you know, because given the way Southampton played against Arsenal, I thought they would trouble City a bit. But yeah, a 1-0 win and City, you know, will take that and keep them ticking nearer the top of the table again. Next up, we had uh, Brighton against Sheffield United. There's uh, a relegation battle match right here. Uh, so I'm sure you were you were keen to to see the outcome of this one, Amma. Listen, I was uh, I was tuned in. I was uh... <laughs> Hey, this is what it's come to, you know. We don't watch the, the bigger games anymore. We watch uh, games at the bottom of the league now. So we focus on Fulham and uh, Brighton and Sheffield, really. <laughs> that one ended uh, in a one-all draw, and I'm sure you were pleased with that result. Yeah. Also, Newcastle and uh, Fulham, the game before. Yeah, that was, uh, again, another one down at the bottom of the table. I thought Fulham might get a point out of that or get three points out of that, you know, come away with something. But yeah. Not to be. Thank you, Callum Wilson. <laughs> See, I told you this is what these, these are the games that I'm focusing on. Uh, it's not the uh, top half of the table anymore. <laughs> Another game uh, I was actually quite I was watching quite closely was the uh, the Tottenham Leicester game. Um, did you catch that, Ricks? I did, I did, and I'm I'm pleased with the result. Uh, and you know, Spurs I think needed to be brought down a peg or two, and they've they've lost two on the trot now. So yeah, well happy with that. Good on good on Leicester. Madison is uh, he's quality, isn't he? He's so good. Yeah, he's, he's getting back to some sort of form now. And, you know, Vardy again on the score sheet. You can't seem, seem to stop that guy from scoring. Uh, yeah, yeah. Doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. You always think that, look, given his age, he's going to do that. Um, do you wish, like, he, he came to the Premier League a bit earlier? Because I know, he, he, you know, he, he came into Leicester quite late and, uh, what was it, like 26 or something? Not really. I think maybe it would be nice to see him at a different club after Leicester won the league. I think he probably could have moved into to one of the top top four, maybe top four listen, sides. Of the league. Listen, Arsenal, remember with that bid we had for him, and uh, Arsene Wenger scared him off. And uh, I think he sat on Wenger's couch and he thought, "Fuck this, I'm going back to Leicester." No wonder he got scared off. <laughs> Wenger invited him to his house and asked, it, "What did he say?" He got him to sit on his lap. Is that what you said? <laughs> Santa's grow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'd love to have him as a striker, but yeah. He, at least he's keep uh, Leicester firing and keeping Tottenham away from winning the league. So happy there. There was another high-scoring game this weekend, and that was uh, Man United versus Leeds United. Um, somewhat of an old-school derby, that one. They've got a lot of, of history and bad blood. Yeah, isn't uh, it been like 16 years since they've played in the league against each other or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's been quite a while. And uh, Well, I mean, it's been... Well, has it not been like 16 years since Leeds played any team in the Premier League? So. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway... <laughs> Um, that one ended 6-2 to United. In all honesty, it could have ended up being probably about 10-6 to United. Both teams had so many chances. Defence went out the window, I think. Um, and yeah, Biesler's obviously said to his side, doesn't matter if you can see, just keep on attacking because they didn't try and shut up shop at all at any point. So, Isn't that yeah. the wrong tactic to, to do against United as well? Because United will open you up. Well, I think they were just the perfect team for United, United just needed to play a Leeds where, you know, they can just catch them out on the break and, you know, find pockets of space and, and, and they punish them really. And it's just a bit of naivety really from, well, from Leeds and, and Biesler really. I mean, he knows what he's doing and he's got a certain way of playing. Yeah, He doesn't yeah. want to change his philosophy, fair enough, but you're not going to get very far if you carry on doing that, to be honest with you. Do you know the funny thing is, uh, after the game, like, you know, all the pundits and that, are, you know, giving him plaudits saying, oh, you know, it's a great way, you know, your addition to the Premier League, you're not kind of like, you know, come to set up shop and not come to defend and sit back. You know, you've come with a philosophy and you're attacking football. 
But actually, when you get drummed like that, it's just like, well, okay, I get it. It works against other teams, but you know, he's getting plaudits for getting battered six two. I don't really understand it. Yeah, I think I think you've got a point there. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love to watch Leeds play. They're really entertaining, love the attacking football. You know, it's it's really good to watch and for a neutral it's perfect. But if I was a Leeds fan, I'd be sitting there saying, you know what? It's great that we can we can get for we can score goals, especially against the big teams. Why why aren't we just saying, you know, let's play a little bit more defensive, let's actually try and get something out of the game, even if it is a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we need to go full pelt for 90 minutes and get battered? And you know, if, if they had a more I mean, Bamford's been great this season, don't get me wrong, but if they had a if they had a world class centre forward up front who was gonna score every chance he gets, fair play. But isn't that what the Rodrigo was bought for? <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not too sure about him, to be honest with you. Um, if if Leeds are looking for a striker, I think Lacazette's up for sale in Jan if, if they really fancy it. So nah, no way, mate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think they need a striker. I think Bamford's good enough. Um, but I mean, if this was if they were a top six side playing like that, you can imagine how devastating they could be. But at the same time, you've got to be a bit more defensive though as well. And you can't you can't go full power all the time and expect to, to come away with points, you know. You know who they need? They need uh, Mustafi and Socrates. That'll sort them out. Stop trying to sell your players, yeah. No one's going to buy them. They're going to be there in the summer. <laughs> yeah. No one wants them in Jan. Just, just let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, the other game... Um... West Brom Villa later on that day, or was it on Sunday? Mid uh, Midlands derby between West Brom and Aston Villa. Big Sam's first game in charge, and it ended just as if Slavan Bilic was in charge. To be honest with you, <laughs> uh, Livermore got sent off. Uh, Villa won three nil, and all I can say is Big Sam, good luck. You're going to need it. Do you think? Um, do you think Big Sam will keep West Brom up? I mean, he's. <sighs> I know he's renowned. He's renowned for keeping teams up. That's the problem. He is, and he's got a good experience in the Prem. And you know they needed to change it up. I mean, I, I feel sorry for Arsenal because I would have, I would have liked to have seen Big Sam at Arsenal replacing Arteta. But hey, <laughs> you know that's not going to happen now. So yeah, but I don't know. I think I, I think they're just not strong enough in terms of the squad. Unless he strengthens in January and they bring in some players with Premier League experience, I feel like they're going to struggle. Yeah, um, I, 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 do you know what? I like Big Sam. Um, I know the the England scandal aside, but. Um, yeah, he, I think, I don't know. I don't know if he'll keep him up, but, you know, as long as they've got Kieran Gibbs, they've got a chance, really, so. Yeah, back, back to the Arsenal old boys, eh? Next up, we had um, Burnley against Wolves. That one was a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, Burnley got the win, 2-1. I thought Wolves Wolves would have, would have um, at least got a draw in that game, but... Yeah, I think, uh, given their current form as well, you, you know, you'd expect Wolves to probably win as well, not even a draw. Um, I mean, coming coming off the back of a win against us as well, Chelsea. Yeah, uh, I know it was a last minute strike and all that, but they got the win. You thought you would think their confidence is up. I know they're missing Jimenez, who's a big part of their team, but I would have thought they would have turned Burnley over, but but no, they didn't. So yeah, more trouble for Arsenal. We just want to finish things off by wishing everyone a merry Christmas. Enjoy those Brussels sprouts, guys. <laughs> not too much. Watch this space as our next episode is a cracker with it being Arsenal-Chelsea on Boxing Day. We were hoping for it to be our first live video recording, but that's ended in tears. Country crumbling All around me Children suffering Not having fun And reason 
A lack of understanding Time for getting Brexit done, done, done. The Tory party Self-preservation Looking out for Number one The time of wind rush Austerity and Grenfell And five more years Has just begun Cutting your services To slashing your rights We're going to backtrack on the pledges and our manifesto. It's all about.